Hello, race fans. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined as always by David Cole. Uh, episode number 39 of the EKN Debrief, where we kind of break down and review a uh, recent event that we attended. Uh, January 16th, the date of our recording here today, episode, uh, episode 39, podcast number four of 2019. And we are looking at the Supercarts USA Winter Series opener, rounds number one and two from AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex. This week's show presented by Bell Racing USA. Be confident in the risk you take on the track, knowing that you're not taking a risk with your safety. Bell Racing USA designs and develops innovative, technically superior helmets to maximize protection and enhance driver performance. Bell Racing USA has the lightest helmets with the highest standards in all of motorsports. Check them out online at www.bellracing.com or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Bell Racing USA. All right, David Cole, uh, jumping in here. I know you were up in the frozen tundra of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, pretty nice weekend, actually, down at the uh, Scusa Winter Series opener in Homestead. Lots of drivers, but it was nice. I will tell you this. I know you did in Daytona, but it was nice to get the heck out of the cold and down into some nice Florida weather. Florida, the sunshine states, nothing like it. Uh, wasn't as cold as we thought it was going to be up here, uh, but it was good to uh, to be able to tune in while in between basketball games and cleaning the house and doing laundry and grocery shopping and all that, you know, general <laughs> stuff you typically do as a, as a father at the, uh, at the house. Well, the cool thing, obviously, you know, I was doing the play by play for the, the event on, uh, on the EKN live program. Uh, a lot of great people tuning in. We had lots of guys commenting as well on the Mixler page. We appreciate that. But David, you were, you were like, give me like, as you, even though you weren't trackside, you were giving me a little information here and there. Nobody sees that, right? I come out with these beautiful bits of information all fed by David Cole, uh, however many miles away, right? Yeah. 18, two, th- probably over 2000 miles away. I think, uh, I, I yeah. actually said that to Renee. She goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm listening to the race and helping Rob announce. Cause he's forgetting a lot of stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'll tell you what it's, it, they're long days for sure. Right. I, I said on the, uh, on the Q and a afterwards, uh, the live Q and a that we're doing post race on Facebook, I was saying it, it's, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. And I gave you props. I'm like, it's tougher when David Cole's not here. I was up to like one in the morning on Saturday morning, or, you know, Sunday morning, really, trying to get the darn race report done. Man, I just plugging away at it, getting it done. I'm like, David stays up late. I got to do it, too. So I got the report up. But, dude, without you there, it's a lot of work, man. I earned my keep. You guys did. You and Alicia did a great job. She she hit the social media stuff really well. Got a lot of great images yeah. up there and, and doing the videos. You know, it's... It you know we're in a different age you know it's not the old days where you could go to a racetrack and just chill out and, and actually enjoy uh, the racing and talk to people throughout the day and see see the kind of the the knit and grit going on in the paddock it's you know especially when you're announcing you're there eight o'clock till till the last podium is done and it's 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 a nonstop grind it's 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 very similar to corner worker except you're more into the action where they're kind of focused on their their position at hand but uh, yeah, yeah it's 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 definitely a grind 
That's a great point. It was uh, we we went live at like eight forty five both Saturday and Sunday morning. I don't think I stopped until like five thirty or something like that at the end of the day. So it was yeah. Uh, my, my voice actually cracked a little bit on Sunday morning. I had to have a couple of green teas to kind of calm it down because it was it was some lo- some long days for sure. But let's jump into it now. Let's do a quick overview here. Uh, second edition of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. I mentioned quite a bit during the broadcast that it was actually twenty years, uh, twenty year anniversary since Scusa actually launched. The Florida Winter Tour. It was Don Janowski and Jim Murley that launched that first ever Scusa Winter Tour back in 1998-1999. And it, interestingly, Tom Thielen, who was handling timing and scoring for Scusa at this particular event, that's when he first met Jim Murley in Supercards USA, was at the second round of the Winter Tour, showed up, said, hey, how are you? I want to help. And started doing timing and scoring. And he's been on and off. Uh, he did all the promoto tour in the day, in the early days. He's been the timing and scoring guy at Rock Island for many, many years, now back working with Scusa. So kind of a 20-year anniversary for Supercarts USA. But again, that program, David, uh, the Winter Series, all the, you know, part of the kind of planned expansion for the Supercarts USA program. You know, they, they got that great base in California. They got the series in Texas. They've got the pro tour that they launched 10 years ago in 2010. But this program, the Winter Series, kind of extending out for drivers on the East Coast, you know, double he- two doubleheader weekends, not to try to, you know, burn people out too much, but just getting that Scusa program onto the East Coast more. Of course, we'll talk more, you know, in a, in a in future podcast about the new Scusa Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge, bringing Scusa further east. But second edition of the series, not too bad. Um, I know they're pretty happy with the way things are going. And it's also uh, an ability to bring in international drivers, as we saw with uh, Lorenzo Travis Anudo coming back to defend his title uh, number in the junior category coming overseas uh, and in mini and micro as well, too, from, uh, you know, South America and the Caribbean and, and other areas like that, because essentially the, the season hasn't started yet. Uh, January is one of those months where they're still testing. Uh, they're still at South Garda pounding out laps on on these new chassis to uh, to dial them in for the 2019 season. So nothing's official really until February when uh, the Winter Cup uh, begins uh, at South Garda and some of the other uh, programs like WSK and that uh, get going. So uh, it's it's also a great opportunity for international drivers. Yeah, great point, David. Uh, great weather, man. It was, uh, they were actually forecasting rain for the weekend. I was wondering how that was going to shake down. But in the end, uh, we were sunny in 73 on Saturday. I had some sun, we had some clouds on Sunday, but up to 83 degrees. It was a beautiful day. The rain, the rain that was forecasted actually arrived right when we were wrapping up trophy presentations. It was funny, you know, talking to a couple of the team owners trying to pack all their stuff up. The rain coming just now, right? So they're just trying to, the tents are still up. They're going to be wet which means you got to take them down wherever you go. You got to put them back up to dry them again. Otherwise they start molding up. So uh, the, the team owners were like, Oh man, really rain now, but otherwise uh, great weekend. The track very popular with the drivers. It's a significant challenge though. I, a few drivers got roughed up because you do have to get aggressive with the curbs at the track, you know, 12 turns, many of them, uh, you know, 90 degree corners, very, very quick, couple of cool hairpins, that inner loop, the double apex right-hander turns seven and eight. Um, Oh, I love the track. I raced it back in like 2001, 2002. I just love the flow of it. But Dave, most drivers really dig in being able to run that particular track. It's aggressive on the drivers themselves. Uh, we, I saw, I think we saw at least four or five drivers retire, uh, from the weekend because of rim injuries. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was really uh, aggressive because you look at it and you're like, 
it's 90 degree and 180 degree. How hard can this be? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, again, you've driven it. I haven't. So I'm not quite sure, you know, how extreme it is. You watch the onboards. You're like, yeah, it, it, it seems to be uh, a simple track. But you, like you said, you kind of have to be aggressive because if you're not aggressive, you're going to get passed. I will say this. When I ran it back in 2000 and whatever it was, one, um, there weren't, there wasn't any curbing, you know, it was, it was a basic parking lot race. It was barriers and tires kind of on the inside. There wasn't the curbing to pound, you know I mean? You were, you weren't jumping over top of anything. So again, bang on guys, especially at this level, they're pushing hard. If you can pound a curb and, and jump over a curb, um, to get your lap times better, that's what you're doing. You may not be doing it in a club race, but man, on a, on an event at the level of the winter series for Supercarts USA, you're pounding them hard. Uh, looking at numbers. Uh, up overall in entries, 2000, or rather, uh, 213 entries last year in 2018, up 18 entries. But essentially, that can just be attributed to the new K100 Junior class, which came in right at 18 entries. Uh, 231 overall entries. I- interesting, you know, uh, up and down. Micro, the same at 19 entries last year and this year. Mini Swift, down 16. 47 drivers last year, 31 this year, but X30 Junior was up 11. They went from 43 to 54. And, you know, a lot of drivers moving up. A lot of those top mini drivers moving up. X30 Senior, again, 40 last year, 54 this year. Uh, X30 Master up three from 18 to 21. Pro Shifter down one from 13 to 12. But, again, the Shifter program really not that strong in terms of scooser racing on the East Coast, hence the addition of the Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge. Uh, I expect we'll see that number pound up a little bit. But again, big thing was probably the debut of the new IAMI SSE engine as well. Brand new engine. So really, not too bad for Scusa having the same amount. Uh, Master Shifter down five. They only had six drivers in Master. Uh, the 206 stuff for Briggs, just not near as strong as it was last year. The seniors down uh, 11. They had 14 seniors last year, only five this particular weekend, but it was great racing anyways. Masters, exactly the same thing, 206 Masters. Eight last year, eight this year. K100, Dave, uh, 18 in the junior class, and that, that's a pretty solid number, and it was exciting. I was surprised by just three, though, in KA100 Senior, considering the success at the Super Nationals. Um, I don't know. I didn't really get a chance to talk to a lot of people yet. I want to get on the phone and ask, but probably, David, I'm sure you can comment on this. You know, a lot of guys going down to Daytona, you know, USPKS coming up for that deal, Pro Tour, the K100, and you and I keep talking about, right? It's going to fit in more as a really good regional engine. And a lot of guys just not maybe wanting to spend the money to come down to Florida. Yeah, you, you eliminate 206 and the K100s, and you're still at roughly about 200 entries. And that's kind of what you want to shoot for for an event like this. And True. it's, as you said, these are... These are your local and regional racers. This is what these these power plants are meant to be. You know, in, in all honesty, we should have an event of just these two engines by itself uh, down the road. And, you know, like what IKF is doing in, on the West Coast. Yep. And and yeah, I mean, even you had Daytona just a couple couple weeks ago. Uh, you have people, like you said, waiting for USPKS to get going. But again, it's these this is that that category that they're going to show up at maybe one or two big events like super Nats, so You're going to see a lot of KAs there. I get, I bet even more than last year uh, for the 2019 super nationals. And, and again, they're only, they're going to go to the regional and, and, and the USPKS and maybe some WK races, but that's it. I just, I don't see it on the, or maybe they're waiting for pro tour. 
you know, who knows? Maybe maybe guys are yeah, going to show up for the Pro Tour for for the K100 categories. But, you know, it, it works for junior because these guys are going double duty. It's, you know, the 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 the, the, the team managers and the, the coaches want them on the racetrack over and over and over and over again. And the only way to do that is to double up the classes for them. Uh, indeed, I think the K100 program is going to be interesting to watch. We'll see how it kind of all balances out. Of course, made a big debut last year at the Superdance. It's being run into other programs like the Manufacturers Cup, like the United States Pro Kart Series. We'll see how it levels out for Supercarts USA, and we'll see if we get more guys maybe potentially down for the next race. We head back to Homestead to go reverse direction in February. Folks, we're underway. Rob Howden alongside David Cole, episode number 39 of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network, January 16. We're talking Supercarts USA Winter Series opener. Stick with us. When we get back, I'll give you a little insight into the paddock. Hello, karting fans. This is IndyCar driver Zach Veach, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network. The Kart Republic has arrived in the USA, and it's taking the world by storm. Cartsport North America is North America's exclusive importer and distributor for Dino Chiesa's Cart Republic chassis. Cart Republic has been racking up numerous national and international titles across all classes in its inaugural year of competition, including this year's CIK FIA World Championship. The team has arrived and drive seats and support spots available for the Scusa Winter Series, USPKS, and WK Manufacturers Cup competitions, so call us today to reserve your own winning Cart Republic. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Cartsport also offers driver training and coaching programs, cart service and storage, and full retail sales with the top brands in the sport, available in their 6,000-square-foot retail space, as well as their online store. Cartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Give us a call today at 855-527-8776 or visit us online at cartsportna.com. From coast to coast, Miami has become the two-cycle engine of choice for American karting. Starting with the air-cooled 60cc Swift engine for micro and mini drivers and moving through the incredible X30 power plant for junior, senior, and masters, Miami is providing much-needed stability for the sport. In 2018, the new KA100 Rejet engine took the karting community by storm, and it will be a core class on the Scusa Winter Series and Pro Tour, as well as the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup programs. Watch for more regions, series, and events to get on board with this new IME formula. This year, IME USA is debuting the new SSE 175cc shifter engine, which will be the foundation of Supercar's USA gearbox competition for the future. The engine has been custom designed with a balanced equation of performance and reliability. We have two distribution centers in the U.S. to serve you well. IME East in Mooresville, North Carolina, and IME West in Temecula, California. The momentum is continuing to build, and it's time to make an investment in stabilizing your engine program. For more information, head to the website for your region, IAMIUSAEast.com or IAMIUSAWest.com. IAMI, the heart of karting. Hello, karting fans. This is Sean Bailiff with Trendy Karting Group, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network.
Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're on your laptop at home at www.ecardinews.com slash radio, or if you're listening, of course, on one of the apps you've downloaded, either to your Apple or Android device, we appreciate it. Of course, this will be a podcast down the line. David will get it prepped up and ready to rock here fairly soon. Moving now into the Paddock Pass, where we discuss uh, not the racing itself, but kind of other stuff that happened uh, paddock-wise. This particular edition of the Paddock Pass presented by NitroCart. By now, you've probably heard that NitroCart, the dominant force in the cadet ranks, now offers a full-size chassis as well. Add in the previously introduced Kid Cart, and now there is a NitroCart for everyone. While NitroCart will always focus on the cadet classes, all of their chassis are built with the same quality and performance as their class-leading cadet chassis, and they are ready to win. Arrive and Drive programs are available for all major national events. Go to uh, to nitro-cart.com for all the details. All right, David, first and foremost, baby, uh, man, IME SSE 175cc shifter hit the ground running. It's a beast, baby. Like, I'm telling you, that's why I'm talking to the guys who are like, wow, Rob, this thing is a rock star to drive. Um, It's going to be tough. You know, the, the input from some of these guys it's it's gonna be a, it's you know it's a fun cart to drive, fun engine to drive, but dude, there's lots of bottom end. <laughs> lot we got to get on. Lots one. of I did. <laughs> I drove one. Uh, it's I didn't. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You did. That's right. You but again, me. I haven't driven a shifter in ten years, so it's very hard to uh, <laughs> to judge what what I can do. But it's it's fast. Uh, that's one thing. I mean, obviously, you know when when the engine size increases you're going to get a little bit more speed but like you said it's more of the the grunt it's the getting out of the corner just the way the gear ratio and and obviously the 50 more cc's that that the the sse engine brings to compared the to the honda uh and you're talking over you know over a half second quicker than what what the honda was last year at homestead so it's it's a beast to handle and obviously you have to be on top of your game in order to handle it and and, you know, those guys that, that have been in shifter car racing were uh, this weekend uh, in Homestead. But, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out throughout the season, going to other different racetracks as well, too. Agreed. That's that's going to be a telltale sign, right? This track, kind of a point-and-shoot kind of racetrack with the 90s and the 1As. Anyways, <clears throat> excuse me, long-awaited arrival of the engine after a year and a half of development. Uh, top three from last year in S1, all there, all three of the national number plates uh, there to race. Uh, AJ Myers, Kyle Wick, and Billy Musgrave. Uh, add in uh, the couple of the top dogs from S2 last year in Max Hewitt and Matt Pesh. Uh, it was it was pretty cool to see it get out there. You know, the bottom line was it needed to get racing. Finally got it out there. It's going to be the big dog on the Pro Tour as well in Pro and Master Shifter. I think you're going to see more guys jumping on board. As the engine hits, more and more guys are going to come and play. It's just, it's the, it's the biggest, most powerful, fastest shifter cart mo- uh, engine that we have now in, in North American karting. So it'll be interesting to see how it continues to develop, to see which drivers sign on, but uh, they did make their debut. Another debut, obviously, Dave, huge, was Ryan Norbert, uh, his first Supercarts USA start for the Rawlison Performance Group after signing just after Christmas. The guy was the pace setter coming out of the gate, swept all but one session, led all but one lap on the weekend. And Dave, in, you know, in talking to Mike Rawlison, he is super pumped with the immediate impact that Ryan had on the team. And, you know, as a team owner, 
you know, you see the drivers that run for other teams. Uh, you know, you know them maybe from talking to them a little bit, but you really don't, I don't think, know the driver that well. Mike was just, he just said, man, Rob, when he get, got under our tent, the impact he made with my staff, with my my other drivers, just his approach to, his approach to the program, uh, just a class act, salt of the earth kind of guy. And I'll tell you, Mike was just, he was just laughing. He was giggling the whole time. He was just so pleased with with the way Ryan integrated into RPG. That's true. You never really know how people are until you really work alongside them. You know, I mean, it's, it's different to be going out and having some beers at the bar compared to working eight, nine, 10 hours under the tent together. So definitely uh, you, you, you see different personalities stand out. And, you know, as, as you, as you know, well, from your hot seat interview with Norberg, he's a very personal person. He's, he's, he's a uh, very well put together as far as intellectually and, and, uh, behind the wheel knowing, you know, what he needs to do. And, and it's, it's, it's really great to see. And it's, and it's hard to see that PSL let him go, uh, you know, after hearing the rave reviews from Rollison about Norberg. So it's, it kind of makes you wonder like, why would, why, why would, why would, why would this situation happen? (laughs) But, uh, you know, for Norberg, he's moving forward and it seems to be uh, a winning move. Uh, for him so far. Yeah, it's got the national number one plate on the Cosmic for Rollison Performance Group and made it look very, very good down at Homestead. He was just the dominant driver. Like I said, led all but one lap. And we'll talk more about that when we get into the race report. Uh, big event for Perilin as well. At the very end, when we do the wrap-up, we'll talk about the different chassis that were able to win in the opening round of the Scusa Winter Series. But Perilin winning in four, uh, winning four races over three categories. Tony Kart still won with five wins, but man, Perlin really has been strong over the last couple of years in those micro, mini, and junior classes. We'll talk more about it later, but big weekend for Perlin. Also for Croc Promotion, uh, you know, we looked last year when A.J. Myers joined up with Mad Old Nut Racing and on the Croc Promotion chassis, uh, made his debut in Lancaster, get a feel for it. Strong all week at the Super Nationals. Ended up second to Billy Musgrave. Uh, they're working Mad Old Nut Racing with Croc Promotions, working on a program with Checkered Motorsports. So Andrew Bedozo was on the product as well. But look for AJ Myers and Bedozo to be able to put together that that you know that body of data that they're going to need to hand out to all the all the racers on, on Croc Promotion chassis throughout the, the 2019 season. It was uh, it was impressive. Of course, Myers with a big win. Uh, swept the weekend in the pro shifter class, but Dozo was strong as well. He was right there in the top five pretty much the whole weekend. So uh, impressive for Croc promotion. I know that the guys at Mad Old Nut Racing were very, very happy. Also, one of the big things, if you look at the paddock, was the fact that uh, this particular opening weekend, David, really highlighted uh, by some impressive performances by the class rookies. Uh, A lot of guys jumping up, right, from micro to mini. From mini to junior, junior to senior, uh, you know, looking at kids like uh, like Caleb Gaffera comes out of micro into mini. He was leading races. It's a good possibility he was going to win one of them, but some contact took him out. A couple of podiums for Gaffera. Then you get Arias Duke Medjian and uh, Patrick Woods uh, Toth, uh, Toth rather, um, in X30 senior. Like I'm standing back on, man, these guys are juniors last year, and they're they're like right in the hunt. You know, Montoya was in there as well some pretty impressive juniors who won championships last year out of the box and Dave right into the top 10, top five. And in the case of Duke Medjian and, and, uh, and Woods Toth right on the podium opening weekend in Scusa, pretty impressive. Well, that was one of the 
points I uh, made to you during uh, one of your broadcasts was because I just happened to jump on, the, on you know the live timing while listening to you and and saw those names just stand out like holy cow look at this top ten I mean at one point yeah. there were four rookies in the top ten in or five I think even at one point in uh, in senior so uh, yeah it, it opening weekend senior debuts a really good standout for a lot of those guys with. Thomas Naveau and Jeremy Fairburn, uh, yeah, but also mentioned, yeah, exactly. also uh, Jeremy Fletcher moving up from mini to to junior this year. Uh, already had one brace under his belt, kind of at Daytona where he actually broke his wrist, and so he was driving all weekend long with a cast on his left hand and uh, was able to drive to a podium finish uh, on the weekend. So another strong performance by him as well too. So a lot of a lot of you know that's going to be a lot of the story throughout 2019 is these rookie drivers and senior junior and mini categories. I agree. We're going to put that down every weekend. Like how good are these juniors doing? Because uh, I'm, I'm t- I was really super impressed uh, by what we saw. All right, folks, we are going to take another quick break. I'm going to come back and start talking about the racing that actually took place. Uh, my name is Rob Howden joined by David Cole. Episode number 39 of the EKN Debrief. We are reviewing the opening round of the Supercarts USA Winter Series here on the EKN Radio Network. Stay tuned for more. This is Jim McKinney, and you're listening to EKN Radio Network 24-7. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge. The dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing. What powers you? You've likely heard of us, and you may have seen us in the paddock. We're Mad Old Nut Racing, the official race team of Mad Croc Karting USA. You're going to see a lot more of us in 2019 as we expand our racing program in an effort to win more races while giving talented drivers the opportunities they need. Croc Promotions has some exciting developments coming in 2019, including a new dedicated facility to manufacture our carts in-house. We'll be in full control of our quality material and we'll be responsive to design updates that come from our R&D efforts. And when it comes to R&D for the U.S. market, We've signed reigning Scooter champion A.J. Myers for 2019, and he'll lead our team and will work to provide experience and insight for all of our drivers. We'll be front and center on the Supercard USA Winter Series and Pro Tour and the California Pro Kart Challenge. We're also excited about our new connection with Checkered Motorsports on the East Coast. As a new dealer and official Mad Croc Karting USA team, Checkered Motorsports will provide our Mad Croc drivers the opportunity to compete in the biggest events east of the Mississippi. If you're a driver who has talent and passion and you're looking for that opportunity to shine, contact us at Mad Old Nut Racing. Follow us on social media and don't waste any time in contacting us if you're looking for a top quality, affordable, race-winning chassis or a spot in a team that places talent and commitment over the bottom line finances of karting. Karting fans, this is JH Motorsports, and you're locked in to EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief on 
Last week's Supercarts USA Winter Series opener at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, round number one and two of the series. Let's now jump into the race report and start talking about some of the competition. This race report presented by the Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsport Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Tony Karts and OTK parts, as well as IME engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. So, David, let's jump in quickly to X30 Senior. You know, we talked about already how good Ryan Norberg was. Bottom line, dominated the class all weekend long. Scored both pole positions, both pre-final wins. The only blip was the fact that Lorenzo Travis Nuto, the world champion, was able to challenge on Saturday during the main event, slowly reeling in uh, Norberg. Final lap. Ryan kind of tried to defend it in turn number four, the first of the two back-to-back hairpins. By doing that, he sacrifices the ex- exit speed. We're talking about a world champion. Travis Nudo got alongside of him, did the over-under coming out of turn four, was on the outside for turn number five, and actually pulled almost clear coming into the breaking zone. Norberg had to go deep to defend. Of course, Lorenzo just crossed him up, took the lead. But this, here's the one thing. Travis Nudo with the win. Norberg second, but on social media, and I talked to Lorenzo afterwards, uh, actually the next day, he called it, and his dad even came on to our, our Q&A at the end, he called it the toughest race of his life. That's a pretty pretty uh, stout comment about Norberg, but again, and you pointed out, I think you sent me the text, I would already talked about it, but it was the U.S. champion, national number one plate holder, versus the world champion. Doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. Not for uh, us here in the United States, not at all. Uh, you know, and, and again, it's not something you see every day or every year, even to that fact. So, uh, yeah, to see them go head to head, uh, first race out of the, out of this new season is, is pretty outstanding. And yeah, as you said, you know, it's definitely mad respect to, uh, from, from Travis Anudo to Norberg saying that was one of his toughest races of his life. So again, uh, Norberg had it and just, you know, it was a game of chess and, and this hand, you know, Travis Nuto won it. Yeah. And the, him chasing him down with what I thought was awesome. He was just like, honestly, was just chipping away. It was just, you know, not even a 10th, half a 10th, half a 10th, a couple thousands. It was just like, he just never gave up over the 25 laps and just slowly whittled it away. I wasn't sure if he was going to get there or not. Kind of arrived on the scene with about two to go, sized him up, figure out where he was going to do it. And Ryan just went on the defensive, you know, ran that defensive line, positioned himself on the inside of the track, and it just didn't quite work. Uh, Arius Duke-Medjian in third, well worth some discussion. Uh, Here's a kid that won the X30 Junior category last year, running with Greg Bell and Leading Edge Motorsports in the Praga. Uh, Out of the box as a senior, not not intimidated at all, David. (laughs) Just comfortable. As you'll hear later on here, back-to-back third-place finishes, two podiums as a rookie, uh, we talked in the paddock pass about how good the rookies are. Duke Medici could probably step up and win a race here this year. It, you think about him with a full season of racing, this kid could challenge for a race win. It's, it's, it's just super impressive. 
Yeah, it's going to be he's going to be one to watch. Obviously, it helps that he knows the Homestead facility. So obviously, when you move up to the next category, having a lot of practice time at that track and having a lot of a race experience there, it's going to be challenging, I think, for a lot of these rookies going to places, say, Miller Motorsports Park or Utah Motorsports Com- Complex or whatever they call it now. Uh, and then yeah. also for uh, and then Cal Speed for Winter Nationals as well. So you know, these, you know, this is going to be a really interesting year to see, okay, are these, are these rookies going to stand out at places they've either never been to, or have only been to once or twice, maybe if that. So, uh, but again, you know, kudos to him for grabbing a podium in his debut. Agreed. Uh, all in galley on the CRG and Patrick Woods Toth, uh, on the RPG cosmic completing the top five on Saturday on Sunday, Nor- Norberg came back and obviously, you know, <sighs> Getting losing that race on Saturday, he was motivated. He came back, dominated all three sessions, pole, pre-final. Essentially, I don't say walked away to the main event win because he had his teammate Patrick Woods Toth right behind him. Woods Toth so stellar in his national debut as a senior. Another guy coming up from the junior category finishes second to make it a Rawlson Performance Group one two. Duke Medjian back again. Man, actually passed Travis Anuto in the main to be able to finish third. Uh, Travis Nuda was fourth on the Cart Republic for Cart Sport North America. Uh, Alan Galley back in again for CRG top five, this time in the fifth position. Just really good racing and X30 senior. Kind of a stark contrast to last year. It was a bit of a, uh, a disaster last year. They drove in the second final last year. They drove on top of each other. It was a wreck fest. Kudos to Supercarts USA for starting to dial things in. Of course, the pushback bumper helped him with the starts, but the the way that Joe Janowski and his crew are really leveraging uh, the video marshalling system, you know, Scusa investing in bringing in Dave Dusick and his man, Zach Tasker from uh, Racetrack Engineering. They're solid when it comes to working on the video. Uh, they're really pushing it hard. It's videos that, you know, that telltale deal. You can't lie about video and uh, the, the, the protests far less than they were last year. Uh, in pro shifter. Oh, you're going to uh, let me talk here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on, dude? I just got to make sure we hit the number today. Well, we're going to, we're going to go way, we're going to go way past that. So don't worry about that. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Okay. We won't worry about the number. You obviously have something to say. Well, I was going to say, yeah. yeah, I was just going to mention something that I, that I noticed. I was going <laughs> to say four uh, different what? chassis After brands every class, in the top I'll give you a five chance. both days. That's very true. That's very true. Um, it was, you know, all through the field, uh, you saw so many different chassis. Like we said, when we get to the end, how many different chassis actually won. But yeah, you're right. Look, guys, that were up front. Cosmic, CRG, um, Praga, and Cart Republic all in the hunt. Uh, there was a lot of guys looking very, very good uh, out of their tents. And that's the level playing field we have in this X30 program, is it not? It is. And that's what's great about it. It's more now driver and chassis combination. How How are you going to make it work? Because essentially these engines are all pretty, pretty much on, on point with one another. So uh, again, you still have to have it working a hundred percent, but still it more boils down to how the driver reacts to the, to the chassis and how the chassis reacts to the, to the uh, track conditions. Yeah. I agree. And things change from Saturday to Sunday, as I said, probably about 10 degrees warmer uh, on track on Sunday. And again, that pushed the pressure on the, on the teams to hit those tire pressures correctly, get the cart to rotate, uh, all in all, like as you said, some good uh, diversity in the chassis. And yes, David, after each class, I'll let you comment. Does that sound better? That's better. Thanks. 
<laughs> AJ Myers, as I alluded to before, uh, David so rudely interrupted me. Um, <laughs> pro shifter dominance uh, aboard the Croc Promotion for uh, for Mad Old Nut Racing and Croc Promotion USA. Uh, David, kind of the flip flop from Supernats. It was Billy Musgrave up front at, in Vegas, and uh, Myers chasing him all weekend long. This time, it, w- it was Musgrave. Just every session chased him, and he was just that click slower, you know, a tenth, a tenth or two, maybe a little more by the end of the race. Myers had the, the crack promotion chassis nailed. Uh, Musgrave, though, was on it, too, with the Illuminos. Just just that, you know, that flip-flop. You know they're, they're good buddies, but uh, that's got to hurt. Musgrave was probably just itching not to be able to challenge at all because Myers, he led every lap all weekend long. Myers was on point. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The results show that. And, yeah, Musgrave has his homework for him. Uh, he's going to have to go back to California you know, over the next couple of weeks, try and figure out, okay, where is it that I, I'm, I'm losing uh, this half of a hundredth of a tenth, you know, that that close per lap. So as you said, you I mean, two tenths separated them on, on Saturday alone at the start finish line. Yeah. So, you know, he's there. It's just it's just finding that that more consistency. And I think that's what you're going to, you know, like you said, it flip flop from Vegas, you know, Musgrave was that guy. He was nailing it every lap, every lap. And Myers was just that little bit off that he couldn't, could not do anything with, with Musgrave. And I think that's, that's probably what we're going to see in Cal speed when you're looking ahead to the winter nationals, <laughs> because again, Myers home track, homestead must Musgrave home track, Cal speed. So Cal uh, speed. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. I was going to bring that up because you know, Musgrave's got that in the back pocket, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Myers, you got me here at homestead. You got me on your home track. What would you do? Come on out to Fontana for, for winter nationals. You know that you know that, that Musgraves just he's never had a home track advantage at any facility he's ever gone to on the pro tour, right? Never. First time. Yep. First time. First time. Uh let's go to third place. Obviously, most Saturday and Sunday, Myers Musgrave one two. It was actually the same third place finisher, David, all weekend long as well. Matias Ramirez in his return to PSL carding and back on the Burrell Art chassis was on point. Just didn't quite have enough to hang with the, the two, you know, number one and number three plate holders. Uh, but a great run from Matias Ramirez, third both days. Uh, Andrew Bedozo and Max Hewitt on the Croc promotion and on the CRG, respectively. Hewitt, the S2 driver, jumping up to pro, capped the top five on Saturday. Kyle Wick was battling in the national number two CRG. He just was a little off as well, but he was right there in the top five, like fifth or sixth for most of the weekend. Was able to get the fourth actually on Sunday was able to get by both uh, the green Taylor Greenfield and Andrew Bedozo able to get himself into the, uh, the fourth position Greenfield finishing fifth on Sunday, just really good racing. And for me, and I think everybody involved with supercar USA, Tom Kutcher, um, Lynn Haddock, they were just thrilled to get this engine on track, get it rolling. Brian Fisher built a lot of the motors. I talked to him a little bit. He's super pumped with the engine, David, the key that we haven't brought up yet. We'll do it now. And you and I've talked about it. Engine's got a lot of grunt, fun to drive, hard to drive. It's old school, almost like the mod moto days in terms of how much of a badass engine this thing is. Scooz's approach, though, is that beefy bottom end. Let's see what happens reliability wise. I think that's their big calling card, the exclamation point. This engine is designed to have superb reliability based on the way that they designed essentially all the components uh, in the engine, primarily in the bottom end. Well, that's not something we're going to be able to really dive into until the end of 2019 because then we'll have a full season under our belts we'll understand what the engine builders are doing what what drivers are are how they're adjusting to it and 
you know, the, the costs that go into upkeeping it throughout the season, that's going to be the, probably one of the major selling points, uh, I think at the end of the year, because if, if it's bulletproof, like, you know, like they hope they, that, the, that they manufactured it to be, uh, I think that's going to be one of the major selling points, but just one more thing before, uh, we move to the next one, you know, those guys that were just off the podium, the Bozo, Hewitt, Wick and Greenfield, this is really the spring training or what you want to call winter training. These guys are just yep. kind of getting it ready for the 2019 season. We know Musgrave and Myers are going to be fast and Ramirez are going to be fast no matter where they go. So it's good to see those guys, you know, figuring this out because this weekend and then the upcoming weekend in February, it's, it's, it's winter training. Agreed. It's exactly it. It's everybody's kind of, you know, shaking out the cobwebs a little bit. Maybe they haven't done any testing since then, whatever it may be. You know, Kyle Wick lives up in Washington. He's not doing a lot of racing up there uh, in the off season. There's nowhere to go, like, you know, heading out to Cal speed, like, like Musgrave does and pound out laps. I'm not sure how much testing Wick might've done. This could have been the first time he's been in the cart since the Supernats. I think he's doing dirt racing instead indoors. Yeah, running Salem, that's for sure. That's awesome. Uh, I know the BK11's coming up, I think. So uh, he'll hopefully be back on board with that unlimited card. He he is, yep. Nice. All right, let's move to X30 Junior. Uh, Big field, a lot of great drivers, over 50. I think it was 50. I think I said 54, but I believe it was 57 pre-entered. Maybe only 54 actually, actually hitting the track. But man, such good drivers and... And what I'll preface this with, David, we see this all the time. I don't care if it's in karting or part of the, the road to Indy that I do. When a driver gets that first win, there's that confidence boost, right? I see it on the podium when they're coming up to get the, the trophy. Um, and there's that momentum that comes. It's like taking the monkey off the back, opening the floodgates. This particular weekend was the breakout for Luke Lang, running with Speed Concepts, racing with the speeds. Uh, his first ever national event win, qualified third, Finished second in his pre-final. They split the pre-finals. 15 drivers straight into the mains. The remainder coming through the last chance qualifier. Uh, Lang and Diego Conteca, David, who was the pole sitter for race one on Saturday. They battled all race long, but it was Lang who kind of stepped up, you know, broke out that emergent, you know, his emergence, able to score the win. You can just see, and talking to Luke at, after the podium, Dave, he was jacked. And you just knew that the floodgates are going to open up for this young kid. It's, a, it's He was impressive. Yeah, that's what, again, spring, this is the winter training. This is where you're starting to get that, build that momentum for the season. And, and Luke working with both Chris Wesson and Louis Pagano, uh, you know, throughout the last year and, and at, at Homestead, um, do, 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 turn that fucking phone off. <laughs> My fault. Uh, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a big win for Luke, um, and again, like I was saying earlier, international drivers, you got Diego there in second, and then uh, your Polish driver there sitting in fourth. I'm not even <laughs> you know going to say his name. <laughs> what? Dude, you know what? I got it handled. I got did, it handled. Did you? Yeah, it's Timo Kuharczyk. There you go. I got it. There it is. Now, I had trouble with uh, with Mateus Orjuela all weekend long. I was saying Orjula. It's not Orjula. It's Orjuela. So I struggled with that one a little bit. But uh, once I got it dialed in, I was... I was I was getting better, but yeah, Timo Kuharczyk, you know, where he finished, not really a good indication of how fast he was. Kuharczyk was putting down fast laps all weekend. Just a little bit of bad luck here and there. He qualified, I think, further back in the pack. You know, obviously trying to get all this stuff in your head. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he, he didn't make it into the fast qualifying group. So, you know, he was in the slower qualifying group with always kind of hurts in terms of having 
rabbits to follow or that draft pack you'll kind of want to get into. So he qualified further back, but he worked his way forward and was very, very impressive and ended up finishing uh, in the four spot. Um, John Burke in fifth. I yeah. And then went up 12 spots on Sunday to yeah. finish eighth. Yeah. Impressive. Like it, I'm telling you, this kid's, this could, could easily be part of a, he'll be on the, could be on the podium in the rounds three and four when we get back to Homestead in February. I think he can win as well. He'll, he'll be one of those guys that gets that breakthrough win because Kuharchik was super fast. On Sunday, it was Speed Concepts racing up front again. And I, we talk about the momentum, right? Lang was right back at it again. He had the confidence from the win. He and his teammate Justin Arsenault in the main event flat pulled away. Now, out of the get-go, John Burke able to go to the, to, to the point from the very beginning. I looked up at one point and there was a corner worker kind of, you know, pushing away a pipe <laughs> in, the, in the mid part of the racetrack. I'm you're wondering who it was. It was Burke. The guy's leading the race, zero luck. Burke just doesn't get good luck. Almost as bad as Matt Clark. That's the guy that gets the, the worst luck I've ever seen. But but loses the pipe while he's leading, has to, has to retire. That kind of just opened the door. And it was Lang and Arsenal who just pulled away. Uh, they, you know, obviously settled in. A couple of teammates, smart, pulled away, made it a two-driver battle. And in the end, Arsenal able to get by. He gets the victory for his first win. So Arsenal opens the floodgates as well. But all in all, just a great weekend for the speeds with Speed Concept Racing. They win both races. They go 1-2 on Sunday with Lang finishing second to Arsenal. And as you had mentioned, Jeremy Fletcher coming up for many. Great run for him, David, to get up to third uh, third spot on Sunday. Yeah, again, racing with that uh, broken wrist. Uh, obviously, was at the doctors uh, right after Daytona. Uh, and got that uh, casted up and fitted to to be able to to race uh, there at, at Homestead, and uh, yeah, again Brandon Tyner, another up you know hard charger moving up twelve spots as we said, Timo up twelve spots, uh, Dylan Christie up to twelfth, sixteen spots. So a lot of guys that uh, that just had trouble in the prefinals and and just and gained experience of getting through the field. I think that's one of the big things as you make the transition to junior. Or just just being in uh, big fields like this with you know fifty some drivers uh, is being able to get through uh, the field w- when you have trouble. Agreed. We got to mention Luca Mars as well. Fast lap on Sunday in the main event, finished fourth. Mars was right in the hunt all weekend long. And you mentioned Brandon Tyner. He uh, yeah, get a good chance to watch Brandon last year um, at the Texas Pro Car Challenge and how he kind of developed his skill set, man. And again, getting coached up nicely. Again, a great run for him, as I said, up through the, the field, ends up uh, fifth on Sunday. Great run for Brandon Tyner. Uh, can I move into Master Shifter, David? Do you got any more I'm good. insight? You good? You're good. I just want to make sure. Uh, we talked about Pro Shifter. Let's go Master Shifter. Jordan Musser, of course, with uh, Dave Pauly from 3G Kart Racing, pitting under the PSL tent uh, on the Burrell. Jordan didn't really have any competition on the big dogs from Master came over. He essentially just walked away from it. Uh, Brett Harrelson ended up being the runner-up on uh, on Saturday. Luke Bola was third. On Sunday, Bola improved up to second uh, on the running the Illuminos. Uh, and Dan Montiero, the Canadian for uh, Rawlison Performance Group, ended up finishing in the third spot. I think we only had five drivers in the field. Uh, Victor Jimenez wasn't able to race on Saturday, but was back on Sunday. Very, very quick, but he had to retire early. Uh, otherwise, Jordan Musser getting some seat time on that new engine, and uh, he's ready to go. He wants to go pro, uh, pro tour racing, and he's hoping that they get some good turnouts from drivers in the Masters category. 
Yeah, it was more of a rust shaking for him. As he said, he hadn't been in the cart since Vegas. So a uh, good good uh, weekend to shake the rust off. And as you said, prepare for 2019. And and again, he's had he's already had time in the 175, but now it's in race mode. You know, he he did some regional racing with it and some testing with it, but now it's now it's okay. Now I need I need to get that fourth title. You know, that's what he's thinking. You know, and with the the combined race group, he had a chance to race with a couple of the uh, the drivers in the the pro shifter class as well. He was able to catch up to them and get a couple of good races in. So he was pushed pretty hard. We'll see what happens with the next race and and to see if we get any other uh, masters drivers coming out to run that new IME one seventy five cc. Let's cap off this particular segment of our race report. Again, brought to you by Trinity Karting Group with X30 Master. Uh, up front, David, pretty much three drivers were the guys to watch. Rodrigo Piquet, Renato David, and Scott Roberts. Uh, David came out of the box, you know, Super Nationals winner. He came out of the box strong. But in the end, Rod- Rodrigo Piquet was kind of the driver to beat. He was able to chase down David uh, on a Saturday main event and slip by. David finished second, Scott Roberts in third. Uh, Pedro Cabrera and Luis Schiavo rounding out the top five on Sunday, the same top three PK though, getting a little aggressive. Scott Roberts led early and coming through turn number 12 final corner on the racetrack, 90 degree left-hander at the end of the long straightaway Roberts gets rolled in and PK kind of got aggressive to kind of try to make a move. Thought about it, got to the back of Roberts and it kind of got him. Luckily he didn't get into the barriers on the exit. There's enough runoff on the other side of the curbing that he was able to go to the other side and gather it up. PK, of course, takes the lead, but eventually gets a penalty for that contact. Just a time penalty. Drops him behind David. So Renato David gets the win. PK still second. And Scott Roberts rounding out uh, the top three again. Same podium, just a little shaken up on Saturday and Sunday. Schiavo back in the top ten, or rather the top five, fourth on Sunday. Uh, Miguel Mir, the Texas Pro Kart Challenge X30 Master Champion rounding out the top five. All in all, David, a really good group of X30 Masters, the same guys up front, but there was great racing further back in the pack as well. Yeah, o- over 20 drivers uh, making up the field. So a good, you know, again, we're seeing this uh, X30 Master category really shining uh, throughout the country at Scusa Pro Tour and other events uh, that do hold the Master category. So it's good to see uh, these uh, veteran drivers uh, going wheel to wheel weekend and week out. Yeah, Matt Johnson was there. He wasn't racing. He was actually working on Brett Harrelson's stuff. He was helping Seth Nash out, kind of work on the, the Nash Motorsports crew. Uh, Johnson told me he's jacked. He's coming back and looking for a Pro Tour Championship, an X30 Master. And he told me, a little fr- this way down the distance, nine months, but he's planning on potentially doing some testing with the 175, and you're probably going to see him in Master Shifter at the streets of Lancaster. Well, that'll be awesome. Right? <laughs> That's a little bit. And I'll tell you one thing. And you'll love it, David. Of course, you know Matt. So he's so got so passionate about the sport, right? He's he's all fired up about pro tour, but his eyes were starting to light up when he talked about the shifter. I think he's well, it's I think something he's new. Cheap. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. That's what he said. It's something new. I want to try something different. So, yeah, look for him in the shifter when we get down to the streets of Lancaster. I will, you won't be there. I'll be there actually, because we're racing the next week. Another head to head battle: Howden versus Cole, Cup Carts, North America Grand Nationals. Fat versus fat. <laughs> Dude, Luke, bro, I am down eight pounds already. Look out. I'm coming for you. Weight isn't anything. Dude, it's a, for us, it's a big it's a big start. Weight equals um rolling mass. Longevity. Longevity. Uh, the, need, it's the need to be able to finish a main event. Yeah. 
Okay, folks, that, that caps up this particular section. Uh, section. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk Mini Swift, Micro Swift, K100 Junior, K100 Senior, and both of the 206 categories. More to come. Uh, episode number 39 of the EKN Debrief. This is Jake French, and you are listening to the EKN Radio Network. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience. We can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com where all of our products are just a mouse click away and we ship daily. We're constantly adding new products to our online store, so keep checking back. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship-winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find molecule cleaning products, minus 273 racing gloves, micron gauges and components, and both MG and Bridgestone tires. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come and join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years, from providing a helping hand on weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2019, we'll be attending the Superkart USA Winter Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Kart Racing Series. And we'd love to have you under our tent at Merlin Nation. For all things karting, visit... FranklinCart.com. With over 35 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. We're not just axles either. At PKT, we can manufacture motor mounts, hubs, brake rotors, and even GoPro mounts. We're also the choice for axle and chassis straightening. We've designed a dedicated table for the sole purpose of straightening and laser aligning your chassis. If needed, we have the capability to cut, replace, and weld portions of your chassis as well. Big crash bent your frame? Send it to us. Broke a spindle yoke off in a wreck? We can replace it. You don't need to toss that expensive frame in the trash bin. We can fix it. We can repair and straighten chassis, and we CNC machine the finest karting products in the country. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. PKT, what's in your cart? I'm Jake Craig, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network, episode number 39. Podcast number four of the 2019 season. We appreciate you. Uh, those of you who have downloaded the EKN Radio Network app to your mobile mobile device, thank you. We love it. Do us a favor. Go If you're on iTunes or Google Play, leave us a comment, please. Get on there. Um, give us a review. Give us a rating. We need that stuff to kind of get, get it rolling within iTunes. So it takes hardly any second, any time. Go on iTunes and leave us a rating, please. We appreciate that. Um, David Cole, I'll tell you this. Uh, we're not going to hit the mark. 
you were right. <laughs> we're not even close uh, to coming into the one hour mark. This is gonna be this is gonna be a ninety minute podcast for sure. Just so much to talk about when it comes to the winter series. So uh, we can all take our time here. I think we're already well past the fifty minute mark. Uh, Again, this uh, race report section brought to you by Trinity Carding Group. We're talking about the Supercarts USA Winter Series opener at AMR Homestead Miami Motors, Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. Mini Swift, David, um, down in terms of numbers, 31 entries. But, man, the competition was so good. Some of these kids that have moved up from micro, man, I, I was flat blown away by Caleb Gaffera. And I think his parents, Chuck and, and Jacqueline, felt the same thing. They knew they were going to come in. It was going to be quick, but dude, he and Kai Sorensen emerged as the leaders on Saturday. Caleb just went to the front in the pre-final. He and Sorensen pulled away. Caleb was leading. Kai was second. Um, Gaffera leaving just a little hole in the pre-final uh, and the final lap at a turn number about number 12. And not surprisingly, Kai Sorensen, boom, went to the inside in the Tony cart, took the spot, able to get the pre-final win. But again, they pulled away. In the main event, David, not for, uh, I want to say about four laps to go, Kai made an aggressive move to the inside of the hairpin turn uh, four. They had some contact. Uh, It put Sorensen back to, I want to say, ninth. I think uh, Gaffera felt about sixth. He was able to claw his way back to um, to to the third position, actually on the podium for Gaffera. But it ended up being a battle then over the last couple of laps for Noah Baker and Miguel Costa. They kind of inherited this lead that, you know, Sorensen and Gaffera did what you're supposed to do, right? They pulled away, battled amongst themselves, just a little over aggression from, from Sorensen. But it ended up being Baker and Costa going at it, and Costa actually slipped through to take the win. Another victory for Perlin. Pretty good race, though, all around. There is some talent in Mini Swift this year. Yeah, big win for uh, Costa. Uh, again, you got to make the checkered flag, and and Costa was able to get there first ahead of everybody else. So, so made major kudos to him. But yeah, as you said, Grafar and and Sorensen. That was one of the races I listened to on Saturday. They uh, they were out there, and uh, Sorensen just made an ill advised move uh, attempt for the lead, and and that cost both of them uh, a, a chance at the win. They dropped to the tail of the. Uh, a top five. Grafar was able to work his way back up to fourth, uh, but it was but Christian Miles was inside the podium position. Yep. But a, a jump start penalty for him dropped him down the order, and then of course uh, penalty to Sorensen for the contact with Grafar. So that put uh, Caleb up on the podium alongside uh, Alex Powell in second. Yeah, tough one for uh, for um, uh, Christian Baker. I mean Christian Miles rather because he had such a good run, David. He was so fast in the Cart Republic again, starting at the back, like further back, had to claw his way forward, keep clawing his way forward. We'll talk more about how he did on Sunday. Uh, Sorensen again on pole. Uh, Kai was just bad fast all weekend long. End up qualifying on the pole again, wins the pre-final, and then the main event you got to throw Jakob Kolar in there because Kolar. Man, he was turning fast laps like crazy, and he was right there with Sorensen for the whole time. I think he led for a little bit, was able to slip by, but Sorensen got back out front and ended up being able to take the victory. This time, Gaffera actually getting the on-track third place. As you said, he was fourth, but got moved up after the after the penalty. Uh, Noah Baker ended, uh, ended up finishing fourth on Sunday. And Christian Miles, again, super quick on the Cart Republic. Christian uh, started eighth, worked his way up to fifth. Just a nice, methodical, smart run into the top five. Here's another guy. I know he won. He swept the weekend in the WK Manufacturers Cup. I think Christian Miles has got an opportunity to win some races on the Pro Tour this year in Mini Swift. He was just that good. Again, started 
on his on his heels, having to work his way through the field, not like Kai up front. But I think Christian Miles has, has, has got what it takes to win some races this year. Well, he wouldn't have been driver of the month for December if he wasn't. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you saw him at uh, at WKA. Did you see any – was there any, like, noticeable difference in terms of the confidence he brought into the program? I know that, obviously, those wins helped him when he got the homestead. Well, it's his sophomore year in, in the mini category, so that helps. He uh, has a confidence. He's in the racetrack every day that he can when it's not snowing uh, at Quincy there and TNT Raceway. Uh, so he's 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 in he's in the cart every single day. So uh, yeah, confidence is there. It's just uh, Daytona was a, the the point where he was just so fast in qualifying in the prefinal. He was able to get away from the field both days and even in the same thing in the finals, uh, never relinquishing uh, the top spot. So when you're out front, it's uh, it makes things a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, you can ask Kai Sorensen that too. Qualifying on pole made it easy for Kai to be in the hunt. Uh, let's move to Micro Swift now, the younger, youngest drivers on the program. Again, 19 in the paddock. Uh, good field of drivers in Micro Swift. Mateus Orjuela. Got to get that right. Mateus Orjuela and Beckham Yassir really were the two drivers, David, uh, all weekend long. They had the most speed. They were able to pull away. Orjuela actually able to get away from Yassir on Saturday. Yassir was with him in the draft, but eventually kind of dropped the draft and then just didn't have the pace to stay with Orjuela. So Orjuela takes the win. Flip it around on Sunday, and Yasir just turned things up. He actually took control, was able to run away with Luis Umana uh, in the in the main event on Sunday, and then stretched away by himself. Uh, and so Beckham Yasir able to get that race win on Saturday it was Enzo Vidamontian who completed the completed the podium in third. Umana and Carson Walters were fourth and fifth on Sunday. Arjuela just didn't have it for uh, Yasir. He ends up taking third, final position on the podium. Uh, Walters again uh, up in the top five and fourth, and Salim Hanna up in the fifth spot. You and I love watching Micro Swift, David, because you can just see the mount they develop from you know January to the Super Nats in November over that eleven month stretch is just remarkable. They've got great racecraft as it is, but David, you and I get to see that development watching every one of their sessions all year long to see how good they get by the end of the season. It's yeah, and. It's uh, that's the micro category. I mean, you have a lot, a big, a wide range of of talent in the fields. You have some that are just experienced. That's what I mean. Sorry. Uh, You know, some that are just now starting uh, their first ever micro race and some that have been in it for two or three years. That's something we saw last year. And again, that's something we're going to see this year. And this year, we're going to see a lot of new names at the front because last year's top racers, Garcia and Gafara. And uh, and um, Mayor have all graduated to mini. So this year is going to be a lot of new names that we uh, we haven't been able to really say. Yeah, I did. I did mention that as I'm going through the, the play by play throughout the weekend. I'm like, man, I don't think I've talked about these guys yet. It's all brand new names. So it'll be interesting to see when we when we get out to the pro tour, uh, the Winter Nationals at Calspe. We'll see how many drivers show up and which drivers come to play. And we're definitely going to see some new drivers getting race wins in MicroSwift in 2019. Uh, Supercarts USA adding the uh, IAMI KA100 category to the Super Nats with some, some great numbers. Uh, they have it as well on the Winter Series. They're going to run it on the Pro Tour as well. You and I, David, kind of have a feeling that maybe that's not the right program for KA100, uh, but I understand why, why Scuse is adding it. They want to have that other program. Uh, 
I think we both think it's more of a club and regional program, but the bottom line is some pretty good numbers in terms of the junior class, 18 at the Winter Series, and it was all about Mateo Rubio Luengo. Bottom line, scores the win on Saturday, uh, absolutely flat dominates. On Sunday, drops the chain in the pre-final and goes to the back. He battles all the way from the tail of the field and ends up winning the main event. Dylan Christie and Bryson Morris joining him uh, on the podium on Saturday. Uh, Santiago Biaghi and Ryan Liu capped the top five. On Sunday, it was Kiffin Simpson that finished second as, again, Rubio Luengo walked away. Uh, Christie was third, uh, Morris fourth, and William Cox, actually, David, coming up to fifth place after essentially following uh, Mateo Rubio Luengo up from the 18th position. They were locked in the back, and they just kind of worked their way forward. William Cox ends up P5. Pretty good run for him as well. So Luengo had to come from... 14th on the gr- yeah. on the grid, huh? Yeah, yeah. And he was just, again, how much do we mention this? You can, when you're coming through the field and you're that much faster because he was just that much quicker than everybody, he didn't get bogged up in any of the groups. Like if he got to somebody, he went on the attack immediately and passed. He didn't get settled into the group and start running their pace and have trouble. As soon as he got there, David, every hairpin, boom, he was on the inside. Boom, he was on the inside. He made the passes every time. And, and and it's good to know, knowing with the pushback bumper that he wasn't using it as a chrome horn and, and knocking people yeah. out of the way. It was, you know, good, clean passes that he had. Now, he had Phil Pignatero on the wrenches. And the funny thing, not a lot of guys actually did double duty in K100 and X30 Junior. Mateo was one of them. And I talked to Phil on Friday. He's like, we're going to wear this kid out. His arms are going to be jello when it's all, all said and done. In the end, David, arms not jello. He actually got, he was actually beat up. He ran the X30 Junior race as well on Sunday and Saturday. But on Sunday, second last race of the day, he ends up trying to make a move on the inside of someone in turn number five. And the driver, I don't, didn't see him. or He just came right across and kind of got you know right into the side of him. Mateo up and over flipped it and had the cart on top of him. It probably slid for, for 40 feet. And you know right on his shoulder, right on his helmet, ripped the suit. So he was beat up pretty bad, but okay. Three wins and a big flip. Uh, overall, one of those hot and cold weekends for Mateo Rubio Luengo. He's fine. Phil Pignatero said, you know, kid's a toughie, but uh, it was a pretty hard hit when he flipped in turn four. Two wins. Five, rather. Two wins and a flip. Two wins. There you go. Two wins. Yeah, two wins. Pardon me. My apologies. Uh, but anyways, very strong in the K100 class. David, uh, what are your thoughts on K100 Junior being on the Pro Tour or something like this or on the Winter Series? Again, I, I'm not, I'm not for it. Uh, you know, super is a one-off. Sure. Let's, let's, it, yeah. it can be the runoffs for the K 100 categories. I, I love that idea. And you know, the numbers supported that, uh, you know, I'm not, it's kind of like, you know, unless I got, you know, 20 guys knocking my, on my door to run this category, I just don't see it because again, you, you look at the K 100 category with two drivers on Saturday and three on, on Sunday, because one decided to move over. It's almost like, you know, I would love to have seen that, okay, we're going to cap X30 at 44. The rest of you, go race K100. We have it. But sure. the problem is, sure. is it's a completely different engine package. You know, it's not like, any, you know, these the, these racers can can drop two grand on a new engine package and, and, and since the one class filled up, you know, and, and it's almost like you have to do, I would much rather do it experience-wise and say, you know, nope, you're not ready for X30. Go race K100. Um that's, you an know, inter- that's an interesting approach. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting it's approach. It's something sure. more we can hash on in another podcast. 
yeah, I think uh, we'll talk more about that. We're going to have our first roundtable pretty soon where we're going to bring a couple people in and, and and talk about some of the topics. And KA100 and where this 100cc program fits in definitely, I think, would be a good topic to hit. As David mentioned, KA100 Senior also on the docket. Only two drivers answering the call, uh, Colton Ramsey and Brett Harrelson. Uh, ran on Saturday, of course, Colton, one of the top drivers uh, in the sport and one of the, easily one of the top drivers in 100cc. Uh, he's going head-to-head against Brett uh, Harrelson, who's really an X30 Masters driver. Um, Colton ended up winning there. But one thing on Saturday, on Sunday rather, Julia Booz comes and runs as well, KA100. And I've said this, David, it only takes two people to have a great race. And Julia and Colton were going back and forth the entire time. Julia able to win the pre-final and then a last lap pass to win in the senior race. Although it wasn't a big field, they were fun to watch just going back and forth. Yeah, that's all you need. You need two drivers, like you said, to make a race. And and it's good to see Colton get some uh, some competition out there and great to see Julia uh, able to grab the victory uh, in her first KA100 race. Let's move into the uh, 206 category. Uh, again, not as many seniors. Uh, last year, 206 drawing 14 seniors, only five this time. Same amount of Masters drivers, essentially the local guys coming out to play, and then Eli Yanko coming down from Canada again. Uh, in senior, five drivers in the field, but we essentially developed a four-driver pack uh, for the entire weekend. It was Colin Warren, Matthew Mockaby, uh, Copeland, and Hunter Fox. That was essentially Jack Copeland. That was essentially your, your lead quartet. Uh, interesting on Saturday that, that Warren, the only laps he led through the entire main event were the last one. <laughs> he was able to get by on the last lap to win. Mockaby led, Copeland led, Fox led. But in the end, Warren made that move uh, at the last fi- lap. He ends up winning five. So that makes it five straight, David. Colin Warren on the VLR chassis dominated last year, won all the main events, won all the sessions, able to win this one to go five for five in Scusa competition. Colin Warren, there's something about him. You've seen him race before. So calm, so smooth, so relaxed. He just knew where he wanted to be and took the win. I'm always, I'm always super impressed by Colin, the way he approaches a race weekend. I, I was just more upset that the whole streak was broken up in qualifying because, again, last year he had all <laughs> – Every session, all four rounds, if if I'm correct, uh, I think he missed like a I think, so. I think he yeah. missed like a fast lap somewhere maybe uh, during one of the main events. So that might have been like yep. the only blemish he had in 2018. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed that he didn't go qualifying pre final final. <laughs> uh, on Saturday, let me get my notes here. On Saturday, Mac, uh, Matthew Mockaby in second on the Eagle, the the Comet Eagle, and Jack Copeland on the Burrell uh, capped off the top three. On Sunday, it, Warren, again, it was the top four drivers in the battle. Ended up coming down to just three, actually. Hunter Fox getting dropped off the tail of that group. Warren, again, kind of worked his way around. Mockaby was up front. Copeland was up front. And in the end, Warren able to get to the lead. He had Mockaby right behind him coming down the straightaway. Ends up getting the win on track. But Scusa went to the video marshalling system. And in talking to Joe Janeski, I haven't seen the video myself. Warren ended up getting a penalty. Uh, I think a, actually, I think it was a time penalty, three second time penalty. He got a penalty for blocking. He made a move, and and I, in in messaging with Colin afterwards, he did say, "I made a move. You know, maybe three quarters of a cart width down to the inside of the racetrack, and I actually did move back a little bit to the uh, uh, to the right to set up for the corner." So he did admit it was potentially a light block. Scusa went to the video. That's what they use it for. There's a camera pointing right down the straightaway, and he ended up getting docked. Mockaby would have got the win, but he was two wheels out at the start. 
jumped out of the staging lane before they went green. So it ended up being Copeland with the win. Um, Warren in second, Mockaby third. A little bit of an outrage. People were a little bit pissed off about the fact that they didn't think it was a block. But in talking to Colin, you know what? Yeah, he did move a little bit. And I'm telling you, you can bitch and complain all you want about what you think isn't a block. But man, that video, David, the camera's right there. If you're moving, you're moving, right? You know, the camera doesn't lie. You know, you may think you're yeah. uh, underweight or you're not fat, but you you see a picture of yourself and you're fat. So <laughs> it doesn't lie, man. I'm telling you. And uh, I'm not, I'm not saying you. I'm saying more me than anybody. But uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but, but you're it, right. It, it doesn't the lie. The camera doesn't. doesn't lie. You know, maybe t- TV adds 15 pounds. I don't know. I've seen you on TV as well. I mean, I've seen myself on TV. <laughs> It does. It but does. Uh, yeah, the, how many cameras? No, the, cam- the camera doesn't lie. So uh, if they see the move, if you see they see you go to the inside and then back to the outside, no matter what, it's it's a blocking penalty, and that's one thing you you have to kind of learn, you know, from your mistakes and and kind of move on. And and hey, if you're going to block, you gotta you gotta keep it to the inside. Let me add this to, to cap off this particular section. I'm, I have a lot of respect for Colin Warren on the racetrack, the way he drives, his racecraft. He's so smooth. Um, I'll tell you right now, based on the way he and I interacted after this happened, uh, just on, we were actually just messaging on Messenger. Uh, I have even more respect for Colin right now with the way he manned up for it and said, hey, you know what? This happened. I respect Scusa. I'll be back in February. You know what? That's You were in respect both on and off the racetrack. And I'll tell you right now, the way Colin Warren approached that and the way he and I interacted, Man, uh, I just I put him up another level. I'm super, super impressed uh, with Colin Warren. Moving into X, uh, rather, uh, 206 Masters, David. Um, Canadian Eli Yanko came down again, shipped his stuff down with Kevin Monteith. He was pitted out of an easy up and the back of his rental car, <laughs> which is what we love about 206. Eli just loves racing. He drives as much as he possibly can. I think he's racing this weekend as well. Uh, at the Rock Cup event, the Florida Winter Tour. He just loves getting, uh, loves racing. Essentially going head-to-head with the Florida guys because there was, uh, in that category, I believe we had eight drivers. One, I think one from Illinois, uh, Ryan Sparowski. We had Eli from Canada and the rest were all Florida drivers. Um, on Saturday, early on, uh, Yankel pulling away with Jorge Ruiz and Dan Breitenstein. I, you know, Breitenstein was going to be in for the for the race win the battle for sure he ends up uh, DQ not DQing um, retiring early lap nine not exactly sure why I messaged him but I couldn't get a, didn't get a, a call back uh, but he was out so it ended up being Yanko versus Ruiz and Yanko ended up getting the win great job for him passed on the final lap uh, great pass to the inside of turn five able to stretch away and then Neil Brightenback actually jumped in he was battling with Ruiz for the final position. He ends up finishing third on the podium. Ryan Sparowski in the four spot. Jacob Wright in fifth. Actually, Dave, I talked to Sparowski. We, we bumped into each other at the at the airport going through security. And he is just loving the 206. He runs X30 uh, Masters as well. He, they put the 206 together. He had um, Darren Marcus wrenching up for him. And they just had a blast all weekend long. That's very much, David, what, what 206 is all about. And again, that's, yeah, that's why it's at the club level and regional level. That's, uh, you know, you don't see too many, a lot of people having fun. I mean, yeah, that we're supposed to have fun at, at all karting events. But again, a lot, a lot of it is, is more intense at the, at the pro level, at the national level. So it's, that's why it's, it is fun for us, me and you to see 206, because we know these guys are just here 
to have a blast and to race hard and, you know, and it, you know, win or lose, you know, you're going to go home and, and, and feel great. One of the things about the 206 program on the winter series is it, it is a getaway for some drivers. Of course, Sporowski wanted to get out of the cold from Illinois. Eli wanted to come down. Eli Yanko wanted to come down from Canada for 206 guys. I understand it. It's a two weekend program. You know, you come down once in January, you come down once in February, enjoy the weather a little bit, get a little vacation. I get it for 206 because it's a lot of fun. Come down. You're not running the pro tour. Personally, I think it would be cool, a cool deal. I would love to be able to go down and race. I know Sporowski had a blast. They had a lot of fun. Maybe too much fun, if you know what I mean. But they, they had Miami. a good time uh, down in Florida. It's, it is Miami. They were at South Beach on Sunday night slash morning. Um, let's move to the Sunday. Top three up front again. Uh, Eli Yanko took the win again, but crossed the line with a broken rear bumper. I hate the fact that, for me, the rear bumper is a safety issue. You get DQ'd for a safety issue. But in the Scoozer rule book, it actually states that if you're if a, if the bumper's off or if you have a damaged bodywork uh, in tech, once you get in, you are DQ'd. So he ended up getting DQ'd. That put Ruiz to the win. Jorge Ruiz. Breitenstein was back. He finishes second. Manny Sola rounding out the top uh, three on the podium. Uh, Brighton back ends up in the fourth spot and Sparewski in fifth. So I hate it. I just hate when guys lose races, especially at the very end when they're out leading with no challenge because of a bumper issue because it's all about safety, right? It's, it's a, it's a worse penalty to come in with the bumper off after the race. than it is to get the meatball fag. It really is. I would have much rather have lost the, fl- yeah. lost the race on track because of, of my bumper being off than winning it and having it taken away in, in the scale line. <laughs> I totally agree with you. That's uh, that's not just it, flat. Hurts. Well, it's, and Backward. it's not going to change until the masses come to Scusa and say this, this rule needs to be changed really in, in all honesty. No, you're, so you're right. Yeah. It's going to take them saying, Hey, we don't, this is not right. We don't like it. Let's fix this. Well, folks, there you go. There's your race report from the Supercarts USA Winter Series opening rounds at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex in Florida. David, let's you and I start looking forward now. Let's go to the EKN Trackside Live race calendar for 2019, presented by Cartlift. 15 years of bringing racers the best karting products is what Cartlift is all about. Whether it's their industry-leading winch lift, motorized lift stand, their stand-up tire changer, or their chassis skid plates, you can be sure that their products are well thought out and designed to make your race, uh, race weekend more productive and to save wear and tear on your body and equipment. Cartlift cart stands, built in the USA, built to last. So, David, here we go. We've got a, about three weekends off, and then we both we are heading out to the racetrack. We're just not together. <laughs> I'm going to back to Florida for the uh, second or the third and fourth rounds of the winter series, February 8th, 9th, and 10th. Same weekend, you get to go west. You are going to be there for the opening rounds of the Challenge of the Americas at Cal Speed Karting Center in Fontana, California. We're not quite sure how we're going to be streaming, where we're going to be streaming, because you're live there with Chappie, uh, Tim Chapman, for the opening round of uh, the Challenge. I'm in Florida doing play-by-play. We'll figure it out, but there's going to be two streams uh, on EK and Live on the second week of February. We got at least 15 days to figure that out and work <laughs> out do. the kinks. And, you know, I've come up with some ideas. You've come up with some ideas. So obviously it'll be something that'll be uh, public published uh, leading up to both events. So, you know, the people, the people out there that are dying to hear you or, 
or listen in to uh, the great production that I provide at uh, Challenge of the Americas. You know, they're not, they're not going to be uh, they'll they, they may have to have two devices at one time, but uh, they're not going to miss out. Well, remember, too, we are three three hours different, so we'll wrap up, and then you'll still have three hours to go. So if somebody's listening to Scusa, they can listen probably to the majority of the main events from Timmy Chapman, Chappie over at, at Calspe. But more importantly, David, um, you get to go to In-N-Out Burger, too. How long has it been since your last In-N-Out? Oh, no, it was November 17 of 2018. Wow, dude, we're like two months almost so far. I know. it was uh, It was a good one, though. And you're looking forward to it? Yeah, of course. I mean, who doesn't look forward to In and Out Burger? I mean, it's, it's... <laughs> Texans. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> don't even get me started on them, those people. <laughs> well, uh, you know what, David? We're uh, you're gonna be in Cal Speed, getting a good feel for it there for Challenge of the Americas. We're back again uh, with our EK and Trackside Live program, of course, presented by Cooper Tires again for this year, March first, second, and third. The third running of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Winter Nationals. We go back to Cal Speed the first time in the 10 years of the Scusa Pro Tour. The race, uh, a Pro Tour event, actually essentially in Southern California in the home of Supercarts USA. Cal Speed, we're heading back down. We are going to pack that place for the Winter Nationals. Another in and out opportunity. Uh, probably oh, some good sure. tacos. Uh, pizza, pizza too. Pizza down there. Yeah, lots. I found a place like... New York, New York pizza. We're going. I already connected with them on social. It's going to be fun. Lots of uh, different opportunities down there. But yeah, like you said, uh, first pro tour race at uh, Cal Speed. Uh, so one of the, you know, it's it's good to see multiple events going there. Mike Smith, uh, who I've just been Facebook messaging with a little bit. Uh, it's always good to go see him. He, he works really hard at, uh, at making the facility great. And, you know, Coda is going to be the first time that uh, we're going to be able to go on the new layout, the yeah. new Grande layout. So uh, exciting to see uh, what that entails for both Challenge in Americas and the uh, Pro Tour. Yeah, tremendous um, facelift done to Calspeed uh, Karting Center just a couple of weeks ago. So I'm excited to get up there as well. That's the next three events uh, on the EK and Trackside Live race calendar. David, let's wrap things up here quickly. Try to get done here in about five more minutes. Uh, Constructors Championship breakdown from the Scusa Winter Series event. Ten different brands scoring race wins. Tony Kart leading the way with five. Uh, Renato David in X30 Master. Uh, both Luke Lang and Justin Arsenault in X30 Junior. In Mini Swift, Kai Sorensen. And in 206 Master, Eli Yanko. Parallel close with four, as we said. Able to get that one win in Micro with uh, Arjuela. A win in Mini with Costa. And both wins in K100 Junior with Mateo Rubio Luengo. Burrell Art uh, with PSL Karting and Anderson Racing Team. Musser scoring both wins in Master Shifter. And Jack Copeland with the win in Briggs 206 Senior. Croc Promotion. A couple of wins for AJ Myers. Cosmic with Ryan Norberg and Julia Booz. And then one win each for FA, Cart Republic, VLR, Cart Mini, TB Cart, and Xpree. Uh, so good breakdown, David, of the different chassis brands scoring wins at the at the, uh, at the Winter Series opener. Overall, I thought the racing was pretty good, man. You know, talking to Joe Janowski, he said, how much better is it this year than last year, Rob? And I said flat out, 100% better. Better than last year's Winter Series, better than last year's Winter Nationals. I thought, you know, the racing's... It's never going to be clean, 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 David. And I think people do, people say, oh, my God, it's a crash fest. It's racing. It's open wheel racing. It's young people that are aggressive. They're learning. You said different levels of experience. David, you're going to have contact. But the bottom line is, Scusa really starting to leverage that video marshalling system. Now, you and I watched them, David, at 
the Winter Nationals the first time they used it, and it was out of control, right? They were just – it was nuts. Um, they tried to use too many penalties, too many video reviews. I feel that they've got a really good really good handle on it, and I think they did a great job at the Super Nationals as well. Well, just like anything, just like when you get a new cart, you, it takes time to adjust to it and get it fine-tuned. It's, it's the same thing with a new computer, with, with a lot of different things that you have in life. The video marshalling system was one of them, and and Scusa just needed its t- their time to uh, to fine tune it, and they've done that. And again, like you said, really the only major wrecks that we saw in in Supernats were for the last lap, or you know, guys just you know m- making contact, open wheel contact. It's part of yeah. racing; it happens. Yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be no contact and and uh, absolutely no instance any race weekend. You're going to have it again. It's wheel to wheel competition. Bottom line is, folks, Supercarts USA getting their 2019 program off to a pretty solid start. Again, 231 entries we've got logged. Uh, I expect they, they'll see potentially even more next race. Or, or we'll see. Otherwise, I know everybody was pretty jacked up and ready to go. Uh, Pro Tour coming about a month and a half away as well. But bottom line, a good uh, second start for the Supercarts USA Winter Series. David, any final thoughts before we wrap up this edition of The Debrief? No, uh, again, just like you said, you know, a diverse uh, chassis roster that are that won over the weekend. Uh, again, one of the biggest winter series events we've had with that n- number of classes. Um, you know, as you said, I wasn't there, so but you said it was overall good racing, so that's good for yeah. for the future of 2019. Uh, and again, it's uh, you know, it's it's training. We're gonna see you know some of these guys stand out n- next month. But, uh, you know, you got to once the Pro Tour hits on uh, in March, uh, that's when uh, the chips are all in. That's when it's time to uh, to lay it down. That's it, right? It's it's all about uh, the Pro Tour and to see who's going to chase after the national number plates for 2019. Folks, we are done with this edition of the EKN Debrief. Again, David Cole and I reviewing the opening round of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. Uh, David and I back on the road February 8th, 9th, and 10th. He's going west for the opening round of the Challenge of the Americas. I'm back to Homestead to wrap up the Winter Series We thank you so much for joining us. We thank you so much for downloading the app to your mobile device. We do appreciate it. Of course, we'll get this up into podcast form as soon as we can. But as always, first opportunity to listen to any one of our shows live streaming on the EKN Radio Network, 24-7, 365, the only karting radio station in the world. Thank you so much again for tuning in. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.